0: Hi, I'm Marcos Castanon, and you're listening to the Friars and the Farm Podcast.
1: Welcome to Friars and the Farm Podcast. I'm Donovan and with me is Roy. How how are you doing with the uh trade deadline hangover? How are you I, feeling? Yeah, I, it's been a few days and uh I am back to normal. Um it is sad because um you know, we get to know these guys and we talk about them, we want them to play for the Padres. We want them to be impact players uh for our team uh and then they get traded away, but there's only so much so many guys can fit on that roster. You know, we said there's a couple of years back when they when they did all the trades last year for all the pitching. Like there's no room for Gabriel Arias on on the uh, on the twenty-sixth man. There's no room for Jack Zawinski on on the 26 man. Um Luis Petini was a ho- was was like, holy cow. We love that guy. Um, you know, moving forward to where he you know, looking forward to where he is now, you know, he's injured now and he is um I, I think in some ways that what McKenzie Gore has done this year has certainly been um Kind of eclipsed what Luis Petrino has done. He, they were using him in a uh, a starter, but it was a starter more like an opener role. He was only going a couple innings at best. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I'm going to feel a whole lot better about all of this. The offense starts clicking. I, yeah. I was there last Wednesday when Juan Soto was introduced and Brandon Drury hit that first inning ho- grand slam. And we were all just on cloud nine for that day. And then this weekend it's put a whole wet blanket on everything. And I see a lot of doom and gloom on Twitter. There's way too much talent on that major league roster to go through a slump and just totally fall apart and, and you've got too good of a manager to let that happen. The pitching is too good. So once they start getting, they're getting back on track and getting some wins under them. I'm not going to, the sting will go away from watching guys yeah. like James yeah. Wood, Mackenzie Gore, CJ Abrams, yeah. uh, Robert Hassel, watching all these good players leave. Uh, so, yeah. So it's been a bit of a nuclear winter, but now, you know, we've got the guys that we have left in the system and there's still a, a lot of really talented players still in the Padres yeah. system.
1: Yeah. And, so and first
0: up on our agenda here, we've got the MLB pipeline prospect team of the week. Eggy Rosario, second baseman, third baseman, uh, was named as the MLB pipeline prospect uh, player of the week at second base. Uh, so they write Rosario makes his third team of the week appearance of the season this week and does so after a monster week for his parent club. The Padres deal for Juan Soto shipped out a group of top prospects that enabled Rosario to move up to number three in his organization's rings, which we're going to go over that in a little bit. Yeah. yeah it's just kind of funny how everything shuffled all of a sudden uh, and the infielders hot season in the Pacific coast league has continued with it. With hits in his last 10, Rosario had multiple knocks in all five games he played last week, homering on Thursday and Friday, while doubling on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Rosario scored at least two runs and drove in at least one in each of his first four games of the week. His best run produced day came on Thursday when a 22 year old drove in four and scored a pair. So for the week, he hit 565, 593, 957 Holy in five shit. games, going 13 for 23, two homers, three doubles, seven ribbies, nine runs. Two walks, two strikeouts
1: at a stolen base. Well, what and, a week. Huge week. And this is his third time being on the you know, the prospect player of the of the week for MILB. And my question was, is like, why wasn't he added, he's farther advanced down, you know, up the levels and he's young. Why wasn't he like sent um, instead of say a James Wood or or a Robert Hassel. Sure, those guys, you know, maybe on paper have much more upside. You know, certainly that's what the national media thinks. That's what you know th- those that know think. But like you already have a kid very young, um, playing in, you know, it, it it is a Pacific Coast League. Let's not, you know, let's not go too far, but he's certainly performing at a high level at a very young age. And I'm just surprised that Mike Rose didn't go, okay, instead of you know, taking a guy who is, you know, doing pretty good and say hi. Uh, and take a young a kid, just a couple, maybe a year and two years older than he is, um, that's performing very well, um, you know, at second base, can play some third base and and do that. Well,
0: so Aggie Rosario, as great as he's doing right now, his his ceiling seems to be that of kind of a utility infielder. Maybe he could be an everyday second baseman at some point, but he doesn't have have the kind of frame and the kind of offensive profile that you would put as like a starting shortstop um he could play a little shortstop but cj abrams you look at him and in a couple of years he might be where trey turner got where with the with the nationals and I, i couldn't help think about those parallels watching another young speedy athletic shortstop uh who's barely dipped his got his feet wet in professional ball um going off to the nationals uh so I, I think it has to do with kind of the, the ceiling rather than
1: fielding a major league roster and you know short-term needs. Right, right. Well, I mean certainly CJ is the 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 big number there and James Wood is there, but still I just you know you, the, this high ceiling you know we, we don't like using that anymore. <laughs> uh the high, you know, high floor, you know, high floor, low ceiling um <laughs> for a player like that, but you never know until you actually get him into the major leagues and get him in there, give him enough time to to make adjustments. Um, and get underway you right with with cj was having better at, at bats at the second second round but i was still seeing a lot of first pitch swinging a lot of just you know not working the count and um not putting himself into a position to uh get a good pitch to hit you know well, just the last person. week we've been
0: watching the whole major league roster do a lot of that yeah so it's not it's not just cj uh now what i, I have heard some some people bring up uh eggy rosario especially now that he started to get some some hardware uh why didn't they call eggy rosario up instead of matt batten um do do you have a, uh, an opinion on why they chose one
1: over the other well not that we want to disclose publicly but certainly matthew batten has been in the system longer has really has shown some maturity and has been in this you know has kind of hit in AAA a lot longer and has a longer track record in AAA. Where um where you he's earned it. He has earned it. And certainly Eggy um has shown a lot in AAA. Um, uh, you know, but there's also some more, you know, there could be something else going on there that we don't know. Uh, some of the things that, you know, we don't hear and we can't read in the stat line. All we can do is watch him play and look at the stat line, and go, Oh my god, the guy's roping. You know, well, why is he not why is he not up?
0: One thing that his stat line has has shown me as we followed him throughout the summer is that he's a very streaky player. Yeah. He'll have a hot week, he'll have a hot like two or three weeks, and then he'll have two or three weeks where he's cold. Uh, and it, who knows what could contribute to that, right. where all summer long, Matthew Batten was pretty steady Eddie, he was always hitting well, he was always getting on base. Uh, but then you look at the role that Matthew's in right now, he's hardly even playing. Yeah, he's he's getting into like maybe every two or three games. He'll he'll get in a little bit um, only getting a start when when somebody needed a break. And now that Drury's there, I don't know that he's going to see the field much at all. So if Eggy Rosario was up right in the pine, he's 22 years old. He, he's he's a very uh, emotional player. I'll say right, like when right. we saw him in Lake Elsinore. He plays with a lot of heart, a lot of feeling. And so how do you put that kid at the end of the bench? and okay eighth inning all right go play some second base go right. you know give somebody a spell how, and then how does that player get amped up where matthew batten he's just kind of always ready like whatever yeah. you need i got a half dozen gloves here so whatever you need me to do i got you
1: and there's like a four-year difference there too i think bad is like 27 close to 28 if not 28 for so sure he, and then he's a little the bit other, older where
0: the other little angle that comes to my mind is i I, I don't like this part of the game, but there's always like the burn and turn kind of players where you call them up, they get some service time and then their services aren't really needed on the major league mm-hmm. roster. They get designated for assignment and they're gone. And I hope that's not the case for Matthew Batten, but I, I could see that when they have to look at, okay, there's only 40 spots on the roster. You got guys coming off injury, whatever. Yeah. Tatis coming off is any day now. Um, So I could see them, you deciding to let Matthew Batten go and pursue opportunities elsewhere, where Aki Rosario is only 22. So you don't want to bring him up and then have to cut him because he's so young. He's still
1: learning. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a, there's a little more with that. youth comes a little more development, a little more upside. You want to say a little more upside on that? Right. Uh, speaking, speaking of Fernando Tatis Jr. Let's see if we do have a, we have the game. It is, uh, it has started and we, uh, we can't have that if you can hear that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so he's, uh, he was originally slated to play short, uh, center field today, and then they made a late change and they put him back at shortstop. Um, but I, I saw, I can't even remember if it was Friars or what, that apparently the outfield out in Frisco is quite slick today. Maybe they've had yeah. some rain recently. And so just out of an abundance of caution, they're going to keep him on the infield. Um, you know, because the last thing you need is for somebody to take a weird slip and fall, yeah. you know, and you, especially your $400 million
1: man. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on. So another another uh, MLB player of the week, Garrett Hawkins uh, for the Storm, a garnered player of the week, the Cali player of the Cali League player of the week. Hello, speak English. Um, The right hander went one and one with a point nine five era and four starts as he allowed just two earned runs. On eleven hits and six walks over nineteen innings, he struck out twenty-two and held opponents to a 167 average. Hawkins, twenty-two, was selected by the St. Louis in the ninth round of the two thousand twenty-one draft out of the University of British Columbia. Friend of the podcast, and we've had him on.
0: Yeah, when I when I saw when I finally got up to Lake Elsinore and, and saw him, I was surprised how tall that kid is. Yeah, and I was telling you, I they were out there. Somebody else, it was. I think it was Lizaraga pitching that day, and he had a and uh, Hawkins had a catcher's mitt, and he's out there goofing around. And I am like, "Oh, are you gonna do some catching?" And like, hey, you never know. And then he gets yeah. down in the squat, and you see this. What is he? Six foot six, six foot yeah. seven. This tall. gangly, and he looks like a like a stork. And he's got he's like all arms and legs, and then you see everything fold up into this little catcher stance. <laughs> just it was, it was a sight,
1: you know. And and there's it's he's had a really big the beginning of the season. He was just tearing it up. Um, having the league kind of get to know him a little bit and he had some control issues, you know, with the the 11, with with the uh, six walks, isn't that bad. And that's definitely um, gotten a lot better than he had been earlier in the season. So he's well on his way. I'm surprised he didn't get called up um, to high A, but you know, these new, the the first year draft guys, a lot of them, you know, they want to make sure that they're ready to go up to the next level. You don't want to stunt the development by, by having to go up there and get blown up. And then, you know, he gets set back a little bit of time with with the lack of confidence,
0: Right. And I believe he's also a, a high school draftee. So those guys tend to move a little bit more slowly than the college-age guys. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. update. He's one for one so far with a double to lead off the game.
1: Hey, how about that? Someone's hitting for power. Or no, someone's hitting extra bases. Hey, put Call the ball up. in play hard. Call him up. Um <laughs> Okay, so with that, you know that's that's pretty good. One week with two minor league players in, uh, you know, minor league player of the week, also in that list from Cali League would have been James Wood, but he is no longer with the organization, and uh, he was just tearing the cover off the ball with the storm before he was traded. So they did their due diligence and grabbed him. But now we move on to the new top top prospect list.
0: Yeah, so MLB, I mean, as as somebody graduates, as somebody leaves your organization, MLB is always consistently updating their top 30 pipeline list. Um, and I thought it was just interesting after, you know, what was it, six or eight guys that got traded away over the yeah. deadline. Um, and they were all the cream of the crop, really, when you think about it. Uh, but there's a lot of really good players left. So I just kind of wanted to run down the list and see some some old names and some new names. Um yeah. So Jackson Merrill slides up to number two. Uh, Luis Camposano is now number one on their top prospect list. Deggy Rosario at three. Uh, Joshua Mears moves up to five. Um, He's back in high A and after one rough game, he's just started hitting the cover off the ball again. Yeah, Still striking out a fair amount, but I mean, the power, he's getting to it again. Uh, and Samuel Zavala just got the promotion up to uh, Lake Elsinore. He's yeah, number Tiburon. six on the list. Yeah, El Tiburon. He's, pretty, he's very active on Twitter. Uh, he's very proud of his accomplishments, and he should be. He just hit his first home run in affiliated ball the other day. Yes. So I'm excited to get up next time they're home. Maybe we'll uh, get a chance to get up to Lake Elsinore because I want to see Samuel Zavala in person. Sounds Absolutely. like a pretty exciting young guy.
1: Yeah, so you got Victor uh, Lizarraga. Uh, You know, high at number seven, Corey Howell, Kevin Copps, uh, Reggie Lawson, who, um, you know, who's who should be higher. But, you know, after going through Tommy John's surgery has kind of bounced down and through a little bit of a struggles. The um these past few games, um, you know, is six or 10 the top 10? That's that's not bad. Right. C- certainly expect that to go up as uh, next season comes into uh, into play. You know, Brandon yeah. as well at 12. Uh, Jagger Hands, who has yet to see anything above rookie ball, I'm not even sure we've really seen much of him in rookie ball. He's at, you know, he's at 13, so they must think very highly of him um, to have him yeah. up there. So it's that's what, a- what stands
0: out to me. You got guys like Daniel Montesinos at 15, right next to him. They're both rookie ball. Haven't really seen a whole lot out of them, but that says something that their their skill set. Is what yeah. speaks to them getting that high? Yeah. Uh, Jay Groom is a new addition to the Padres organization. He comes in at number eleven. He's the guy that came over in the Eric Cosmer trade from Boston. Six foot six, two hundred and sixty-two pound lefty. Uh, started for Chihuahuas, I think, yeah. yesterday. Watched watch a, watch a couple of huge, of that guy. Huge
1: man. Yeah, he's a big. Boy. He's a big boy. You know, Ever Contreras. Give <laughs> me go down south. And here's what we haven't talked about a lot lately is is Terso Ornelas and even you know where's. Where's Jorge Ona on this? So, you know, Jorge's stock has certainly dropped uh, at
0: least. Yeah, he's off the list completely. He's off oh, the list Oh, you completely. know what? He might have graduated due to the service
1: time. Oh, okay. All right.
0: Yeah, you spend a year on the uh, Major League um, – the major league injured list, you still uh, accumulate service time. And that might've bumped him off the list, but he's been struggling too. So I don't know if he's really, if prospect is, is attached to his name because most of the guys we're seeing here are in their young, in their early twenties. And you've got Ray Kerr and Matthew Batten at age 27 at 19 and 20. They're kind of the exception to that rule. Uh, But most of these kids on here are 20, 23, 22 years old.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, so it's, uh, yeah. And Lucas Dunn, number thirty is is fantastic. I'm a big Lucas Dunn fan. I've watched him play a lot of baseball um I think he has a lot of a lot more upside than than uh than they think um he will certainly get better as he moves up I think
0: okay well, and somebody in that same kind of bucket is Marcos Castagnon, yeah. who's had a really good showing so far, and both of those guys are just you know air quotes ball players. Yeah. Like you can put them anywhere around the infield and they're gonna get the job done. Yeah, you know, they understand situational hitting, they're smart base runners, um, and they're just gonna get get dirty and get the job done. Yeah. Call those guys hardball.
1: Right. Hard, hardball right. players. For sure. So moving on to transaction, there's been a lot, a lot of movement, tons of movement. We don't want to go through all of it because it's kind of a lot. Uh some of the big stuff is um, you know, Michael Green, Matt Spawning, uh Matt Sparling, and though those guys were released and Mason Field, we're both we're all three released. Um Noel Vela went up from uh Fort Wayne up to San Antonio. What else we got here? We got Aaron Northcraft and Travis Bergen were also released. Uh, you know, a lot of released people here.
0: Yeah, the- th- I think this is something that's right after the draft. You've got to you got to make room for guys, you need to find places on on rosters now that they're limited to the 180 players on domestic rosters including the complex. You know, there's only so many seats and it's unfortunate when this time comes around because Sam Keating, he's, he was released. He was you know, one of these promising guys. You watch him in Fort Wayne. Everyone, he has a good outing. He has a not so good outing. It's like, when's this kid going to put it together? Um, and then Mason Fioli, a friend of the podcast, um, he was hurt. You know, they knew that he was going to need Tommy John surgery when he was drafted. Um, you know, he worked his butt off to come back. He had a little bit of injury issues again uh, when he was up. He was inconsistent. Uh, he had a couple of good outings, but for the most yep. part, he was dealing with issues with command and control, which is not uncommon with with Tommy John rehabbers. know, um, yeah, but at some point, the organization has to look around and go, "Okay, which you know, where what crops do we want to water, right. and what crops do we need to just <clears throat> kind of let let go?" So, right. you know, best wishes to all these guys that they have a chance to go somewhere else and and find an opportunity elsewhere. Yeah,
1: certainly. And I didn't read where it says the following players were released. So uh, I, I need to put not- those letters in bold in large, bold letters for you. I'm an old man, man. It needs to be <laughs> highlighted in, you know, in bold. Uh, but the true roster moves. Here we go. The storm received three players from the ACL to help reinforce a lineup that lost in the middle of the batting order over the last 24 hours. That was a few days ago. Alfredo Samuel Zavala and Ruben Salinas were in the lineup Wednesday night. Zavala, 18, made his stateside debut this summer and was hitting 345, 412, 621, and 10 games in the desert. Both those guys we were talking about a lot during the AZL um, affiliate, affiliate rundown. Um, Kevin Alcaran, who has already appeared on three levels this season, will, will add a fourth when he enters a Storm game. Uh, joining those three in the Cali League is catcher Colton Bender, who is on a rehab with a second stint with the Storm. He was the tenth rounder last summer. He was hitting two twenty five, three ninety six, and three fifty two. I think it was, I think it was the ankle. Was it an ankle or wrist injury? He was kind of trying to come back from. I don't remember what the injury was, but I seem
0: to recall that he's more of a of a defense first catcher.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And then he's- another catcher, Alejandro Hernandez, was sent back to the ACL. Uh, so a lot of movement this time of year. We we were kind of expecting it before the draft when the uh, all-star rosters were being announced, but I guess they were waiting until after the draft to really
1: have all the dominoes start falling. You know, some of those guys, uh, some of the drafted guys this year have already been sent to uh, some affiliates. We don't have that information for you right now, but this happens every year, happens to every organization. Um, Guys get released, guys get picked up, you know, guys that were drafted that they've seen back in the complex, put them out to see where they can fit. Maybe, uh, you know, kind of see where they are in their first year.
0: Ooh, speaking of which, uh, so, um, the photographer, and now I'm forgetting his name. There's the photographer who's down in in the complex posting lots of pictures of all kinds of people. Jerry. Um, yes, Jerry Espinoza. Thank you. He's tweeted out some pictures of some of the guys. You need to go look up Griffin Dershing. He's a drafty out of uh, Oklahoma University of Oklahoma, and he's a right-handed first baseman. He was picked, I think, in the tenth round. Uh, but he is a he is a massive dude, and he's got this like bright yellow mohawk. Yeah, <laughs> and it, the the first thing I thought of was Brian Bosworth from the Seattle Seahawks back in the eighties. That just like
1: big dude, no bulky dude with stop. this white mohawk. No one is going to know who Brian Bosworth is. Well, we have a lot of parents listening, so I'm sure they do. I remember watching that guy at Oklahoma State. Uh, Jamal Holloway was the option quarterback, and then Brian Bosworth was the was the outside linebacker. Just, you know, this hulking dude with shocking white hair. Um, ended up making it to the pros and then, you know, basically uh, got lost his job when I think was it was Herschel Walker that ran through him. Right, right. right that, that was like I remember watching him, and uh, I think OU went to the uh, national championship, and I think they won. Yeah, well, now
0: now Oklahoma State is giving us Griffin Dershing, big big right handed slugger, and he's got light tower power. So I, who knows how far he's going to make it? But I mean, the guy's just a striking human to, to look at.
1: Hell yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: okay, so going on on the roster, so infielder Carlos Luis and outfielder Albert Fabian were promoted from Lake Elsinore up to uh, Midwest League uh, Tin caps. I'm a little bit disappointed that I don't get to watch Carlos Luis anymore this year, yeah. but I'm proud of my guy. You know, I, yeah. I picked I he stood out to me a while ago, a couple years ago. I've been on Carlos Luis for a little bit, so I'm proud of him for getting a, a, a promotion.
1: Yeah, yeah, they, they, uh, yeah, he's he's fun to watch up in up in Fort Wayne. Let those guys get to make some adjustments. So
0: there's there's so much action on the transaction logs right now. We can't cover it all. Uh, but check the rosters. See if there's somebody that you're following. See if they're moving
1: up. Uh, because there's a lot of guys moving all over the place. Absolutely. So let's move on. So, uh, John Connop was in El Paso recently, and he had a Q and A with Manager Jared Sandberg, uh, the El Paso Chihuahuas. And we're going to go through that. So Jared
0: Sandberg joined the Padres player development staff last winter as part of the first major turnover in the organization in four years. After spending three years on the Seattle Mariners big league staff, the last two as a bench coach, Sandberg wanted to get back to managing. That's how he ended up in El Paso. The nephew of Hall of Fame second baseman Ryan Sandberg, he played 12 years professionally, spending parts of three big league seasons with the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Uh, after his playing years, he went 10 more years in their system as a minor league manager, winning two titles
1: in the International League with the AAA affiliate Durham Bulls. Matt what what is the main difference players have to manage as they transition from A AA to AAA? The one thing that I noticed is that all the pitchers here seem to have much better secondary pitches. Sandberg, yes, and the command is much better as well. As you climb the ladder of the minor leagues, the pitchers will have more than a fastball. They will have a few other pitchers that can command that they can land in the zone to keep the hitters off balance so hitters can't cheat on the fastball. You spoke a little about Eggy Rosario yesterday. Where does he fit defensively and why has he recently improved so much at the plate? Sandberg, I think Eggy... put a lot of pressure on himself when he got here, being in Triple A and so close to the big leagues, he was thinking too far ahead and trying to do too much. He was swinging at every pitch that was coming in. Uh, we just made him aware of what he was swinging at and tried to get him to lower his chase rate. He has done a good job at that, and along with Taylor, is in the top five in the league in walks. When he gets better pitches, he does damage. He had eight home runs in June, so it's there. As far as his defense, he's played second, third, and short. He has a plus arm so he has a shortstop range but having his arm at second base on the relays and turning the double play is a big advantage. Recently he's been playing some shortstop regularly which is also great for his growth. I think I think for him his path to the big leagues especially with our roster is to continue to be able to play all three spots.
0: So the part about the batting the adjustments um you know refining the pitch selection that kind of speaks to what we were playing what we were saying earlier that um uh, you know he's streaky he's emotional so trying to right. do too much putting too much right. pressure on himself you know imagine stepping into a 40,000 seat ballpark and trying to put that kind of pressure in the same lineup as Juan Soto Manny Machado yeah imagine the pressure that the kid would put on himself there
1: yeah, so absolutely. I'm okay
0: it, with having steady Matthew Batten up right now yeah. knowing that Eggie is a step
1: away absolutely so, Madfires, all of us can look at the statistics and see that Luis Camposano was hitting and how many, of it, how many of the catchers above him have struggled offensively. What exactly is the organization looking for from Luis? Sandberg, we talked to him at the beginning of the season about maintaining his receiving skills, blocking and throwing. He's been throwing out a high number of base feelers this year, which has been great. We talked to him about his relationship with the pitchers and how it is, has to continue to grow, and he's done a great job with that. He's been running pregame meetings with pitchers and the work ethic is off the charts. The kid is always in the cage after receiving or hitting to get to the big leagues. There needs to be a spot for him and he needs to hit the pull side ground balls can hurt him. And when he's right, he's good to good at going to right center field and getting the ball in the air. One follow-up question. His body shows that Luis works incredibly hard and catching is the most challenging position on the field. However, when I watch him play, I don't see him running out any ground balls. Is this something the organization is dealing with? If so, how? Sandberg. For us, there is a standard effort level when running down the baseline. Now, this goes from the pros to the minor leagues, but there is the element of staying healthy. There is a time when you're sniffing out an infield hit or trying to be a double play ball, and t- sometimes the effort hasn't been as consistent as we would have liked. So, kudos to Matt Friars to
0: pressing a couple of of interesting questions here Um, uh, but also ju- kudos to sandberg for being honest and you yeah. know a little bit forthcoming about what they're
1: looking for um yeah and what they're asking of him yeah well and certainly going back to like if you just roll one over to second base don't you don't need to hustle down the line you know you, you right. make those you make those customary few you know few quick steps and then you see he's got the ball he's gonna make the play and he does it Professional players do that, they get called out on it, particularly, you know, your Manny Machado. Like you you know as a professional when you can run out, when you can beat out an infield hit, you know, number between the pitcher and third base or in second base, when you know when like they're just gonna pull over a, you know, a routine double play.
0: Right. And he's playing in triple a where the defense is a lot more polished. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you see that in single a or even double a, there's a lot of defensive errors that happen. Um, you know, whether it's a a misplay, somebody booting the ball or, you know, somebody screens, somebody else, the third baseman runs in front and then the shortstop doesn't pick it Yeah. All kinds of things can go wrong, but you see that a lot less of that in, in triple a. Yeah, absolutely. So that's all we have there. Let's get into the affiliate rundown. Okay, so before we get to the affiliate rundown, I want to interject a couple little things. So first off, we've got uh, I I cheated and took a look at Twitter and I saw the hit that Tatis got. Uh, It was a line drive into the left field corner. Uh, We caught a breaking ball out in front and slid into second base. It was an easy double. So great to see him get a knock. But what I really wanted to bring up was uh, earlier today. Have you been watching the Little League World Series much at all? I haven't, but I saw what you're talking about right now on Twitter. So a pitch goes up and in, catches the kid in the helmet, and a, sc- a scary-looking scene, but the kid was okay, got up, goes to first base. But imagine being the pitcher in that situation. you knew you, He knew he just caught a guy in the head, and so he was very shaken on the mound. And so the runner... Leaves first base, comes over, puts his arms around the pitcher, and everybody else comes in and converges. And everybody's just crying. They're showing the people in the stands, and there isn't a dry tear in the house. And the kids telling the pitcher, "You're okay. You're doing right. great. You're doing great." And just it's every parent wants their kid to do the right thing, and that kid did the rightest thing
1: above and beyond. Above and beyond, in in a got in a, you know, highly profile setting. Um, you, you know, that is taught in little league. Like you can teach that, but that also was a lot of parenting involved in that decision. Uh, a lot of, of course, a lot of sportsmanship, but that's just, dude, like even in rec league, like, Hey dude, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hit you. Like, and, and you see it sometimes in, in major leagues when guys get hit in the face or they get hit and, you know, wasn't intentional and it was, you know, maybe in a dangerous spot, like the pitcher will go like, you okay, you, you all right. You know, like, you, you, you fine there. Um, yeah, but you you're love- talking about
0: professionals and they've right. been, they've been through these situations right. for the past 10, 15, 20 years of their lives. And these kids are 12 years old. And I mean, this is probably the first time that that pitcher has hit somebody up and high like that. You know, you hit somebody in the shoulder or the back. It's, it's one thing, but when you hear the ball crack off the helmet and you see a kid go down in a heap for a few minutes and that's going to rock anybody. But imagine being a 12 year old kid with the emotions that they feel. That's just was one of these heartwarming things that gives me the goosebumps. It's like this, you know, there are people in this world that are still okay.
1: Yeah. And they're 12 year old kids playing baseball. Yeah. Yeah. There's the future right there. They've got some good parents. So that's a good segue into affiliate rundown and getting to the future, Uh, starting with the AZL uh, strike one Tuesday. The AZL Padres scored five runs in the 11th uh, inning even the record to five hundred twenty twenty. the right fielder kai murphy entered the game as a defensive replacement and notched his first two hits of his professional career uh murphy doubled singled and drove in two runs murphy 21 is the son of former padres interim manager pat murphy i uh, did not know that no i did not yeah it's yeah Oh,
0: I missed that. I that's what I get for skipping a day uh, reading the Mad Fires (laughs) dailies. I had no idea. So he was signed as an undrafted free agent um, after this year's draft out of Arizona State.
1: Yeah, and Pat Murphy is still the bench coach for the uh, Milwaukee Brewers.
0: Right, and he was the manager at Arizona State for a long time before he got into the pros
1: with the El Paso Chihuahuas in in the Padres system. Yeah. So Miguel Rondon pitched well, but ultimately did not factor in the decision. He worked six innings and allowed just one run on four hits striking out three without walking a batter the six innings were a season high for a rundown justin lopez earned his second career victory by firing the final three innings the shortstop term pitcher allowed two runs one earned with five strikeouts lopez has seven strikeouts without a walk in his first action as a professional pitcher good for justin
0: yeah uh strike two uh friday throughout the aj preller area the Padres have rarely drafted pure first base prospects. They selected two this year. Eighth rounder Griffin Dershing made his presence known in his second professional game by connecting on his first homer. Dershing turns 24 next week, so he's much older than the average player in the ACL, but he has legitimate power. In 2021, he hit 20 homers with Northern Northern Kentucky of the Horizon League. He transferred to Oklahoma State and hit 296, 407, 573 with 15 homers. The right-handed hitter may not be in the desert for too much longer. Right right fielder Braden Carpathios, one of my favorite names out of this year's crop. He was an undrafted free agent. Had a pair of hits, including his first professional homer. The 19 year old from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, was a two way player for Hartford Community College in Maryland. He hit 377 with 10 homers at the plate and had a 4.13 ERA with 47 strikeouts in 32 and two thirds
1: innings before signing. Yeah, Braden he's got to be Greek. Oh, he's got <laughs> to be. Got to be. Strike three, Johnny Hamza. Hey, there's a name we haven't heard for a long time. Uh, Who was involved in a horrible mountain bike accident in the offseason and made his debut. Doubling the right, doubling the right field in his only plate appearance. Hamza was one of the better players in the first half for the 10 caps in 2021 before several nagging injuries cut his effectiveness in the field and at the plate in the latter part of the season. Graham Pauly hit his first professional home run with a line drive to right field. With one on, the left-handed hitter was taken in the 13th round, and can play second and third. The Padres were aggressive in taking advantage of the ability to sign undrafted free agent for up to one hundred twenty-five thousand without affecting their bonus pool, signing thirteen players after the draft, including shortstop Chase Valentine. The twenty-eight-year-old from the Phoenix area was headed to Texas A&M, but he opted to go the JUCO route as uh, at Central Arizona after a coaching change in the college station. He hit 269, 357, 469 for the Vaqueros and the Arizona Collegiate Wood Bat League, the only regular season collegiate league that uses wood and has committed to the University of Tennessee for the 2023 season. The Padres convinced a shortstop to forego his commitment and start his pro career instead. The middle infielder doubled for his first professional hit Saturday. That's that's a a pretty solid background.
0: Hell yeah. Um, and playing in a collegiate wood bat league uh i i don't know i believe that is affiliated with the uh what what are they calling the, the the prospect leagues the draft league the draft leagues, Yeah. So that may be one of those leagues where there's a whole bunch of advanced data, um, you know, that, that teams have access to because making the transition from a metal bat to a wood bat is something a lot of guys struggle with a lot. Cause I mean, an aluminum bat, you've got a sweet spot. That's like six, eight inches wide. You can catch it way out on the end of the bat and still, still put it out. And then you get a wood bat in your hand. Now that sweet spot shrinks down to about the width of the baseball and it's a whole different ball game. Absolutely. Okay, so Lake Elsinore, strike one. On Tuesday, the Padres have dipped their toe into the independent league a few times this year, but no player has made a bigger impact than Duncan Snyder has. The big righty won his third game since signing at the start of July, firing five and a third innings of one run ball. He did allow eight hits, but mitigated the damage with nine strikeouts. In six games, three starts with the Storm, the 24-year-old has a 1.57 ERA in 23 innings. He struck out 29 batters while walking just two in that time span. With the departure of James Wood, Albert Fabian stepped up and carried the storm offense. He had three hits, including his 12th homer of the season. With Wood on his way to the Nationals organization, Fabian is tied with Marcos Castagnon for the team lead in OPS with an 864 mark. And as we already noted, Albert Fabian has packed his bags and moved up to uh, to, uh, Fort Wayne. To the Summit City. Absolutely. So, go oh, ahead. speaking of the Summit City, I know we're going to get to that. But, yes, have you been paying attention to what Ben's Biz and oh, yeah. those guys have been doing? Yeah, Kelsey, uh, Ben, and Sam. That's been such a fun thing to follow. They went on a road trip all the way from New York to Iowa and they stopped by Fort Wayne on the way. And, uh, and friend of the podcast, John Nolan, uh, Ben's Biz is a, is a friend of the podcast as well. Uh, all of those guys got together and talked a little bit about Fort Wayne baseball history,
1: which runs as deep as any place in this country. Yeah. With the first professional baseball being played uh, at where where John Nolan was I'm in some part of Fort Wayne. Now, it looks like it's just a park. It looks like they don't have an actual ball field there. They don't. It's a plaque. It's a plaque yeah. about waist high that, I mean, even, you know, that's what happens when, you know, that was in the 1800s when they did that. You know, they Right.
0: It was out in a, it wasn't a ballpark. It was a field that they played (laughs) baseball in, but it would seem fitting that they would, you know, put a little league field or a sandlot or something there just to,
1: you know, keep baseball there other than just a piece of the granite. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And they are now in Danville, Iowa, and they are playing. That game is being played right now on MILB, uh, the Field of Dreams game. Anyways, okay. on, yeah, so we move on to strike two. Victor Lizarraga picked up his sixth win with six innings of one run ball, which ties him for fifth in the league. The 18 year old, the 18 year old, has a very impressive 3.24 ERA and 15 starts and 72 and a third innings with 71 strikeouts against 30 walks. Look for this kid to move. Look for this kid to be our bright, shining new pitching prospect. Jackson Merrill had broken out of a one for 14 start. Back from two months in the desert, which back with back to back three hit nights, he has a three sixty seven four twenty five four sixty five in eighteen games and eighty six plate appearances. Marcos Castañon hit his fifteenth run for the fifth best in the Cali League. Ale- uh, Alex Juan Vega finished what Victor started with three innings of perfect ball. That's another name I like, Alex, Alex-, Alex- Juan. Alex Juan Vega. Alex-
0: it, it, it sounds like electrify. Yeah. So, uh, strike three on Saturday. Samuel Zavala provided the big blast on the night, yanking a three-run homer deep over the right field fence on an 0-2 breaking ball in the sixth inning. The 18-year-old lefty, who became wait, hold on, 0-2, you're supposed to be protecting, and a breaking ball, most batters would be way out on their front foot, just you know, maybe roll over it and ground it. This kid's 18, and he put it deep over the fence on an 0-2
1: count. Okay, he he was on his front foot. But he kept his hands back and his weight back and he just kind of like just flipped his wrist and then like have you ever see I've seen the home run and he's on his front foot, but like I said, he just flicks the wrist and the ball goes well over the fence. Right. Yeah. So Kids that grow up playing
0: on dirt fields and a lot of sandlot baseball yeah. they they get a lot of that you know just kind of hit everything you know yeah. figure out how to make contact with the ball no matter where it's at and It sounds like guys like c j Abrams kind of grew up with his dad doing all kinds of things to work on on that rather than a lot of batting uh pitching machines yeah. you know just groove your swing right down the middle of the plate, so being able to square something out that's out in front like that is a skill that is hard to practice in a laboratory okay anyway so the 18 year old lefty who became the youngest position player in full season ball when he was promoted to elsinore earlier this week had posted a 1.033 ops in very limited complex league action after missing time with a hamstring injury with the system emptied out of much of its highest profile talent at the deadline zavala has quickly asserted himself as one of the key names to know going forward bodhi rascon helped the rawhide held the rawhide scoreless through five but ran out of gas in the sixth as he topped 80 pitches for the first time he wound up exiting with the bases loaded and one out and all three runs ultimately scored the 21 year old lefty who earned a six-figure bonus to sign as a 14th round pick out of high school in 2019 had been limited to just 38 professional innings coming into the
1: year but has found his footing with elsinore this season yeah fine good to see him get his uh to get moving forward. Moving on to Fort Wayne strike one. Friday, the Fort Wayne team Cups playing for the first time as their new alternate identity Manzana's Luchadoras, the fighting apples. Luchadoras. Luchadoras. Yes, that's their uh, that's a couple name. Uh, it's one of a... my favorite ma- yeah. the 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 logo. The
0: apple, dude! It's yeah. one of my favorite logos in all of minor league yeah. baseball. They're wearing the the lucha libre mask.
1: It's yeah. it's so cool. <laughs> it is way cool. They overcame a four run deficit to beat the South Bend Cubs. A two run single off the bat of Jared Dale gave the Tin Caps a walk off win. Outfielder Albert Fabian connected on his first high-A homer in his 13th overall. The 20-year-old outfielder has gone one for four in each of his first two games as a tin cap between the two stops plus a brief three-game rehab stint in the ACL. Fabian is slugging 508 in his first taste of full-season ball. Dude, when you ran. watch Albert Fabian
0: walk around, he does not look like a 20-year-old. No. He's not built like a 20-year-old. He's built like a grown
1: man. Yeah. He's got, he's got some thick trunks there, too. For sure. Uh, Right-handed Nick Thwaites took over for Ryan Berger and pitched three shutout innings. He allowed just two hits and struck out three batters. Over his last eleven and two-thirds innings, Thwaites has allowed just a single earned run. The stretch of excellence has allowed his uh, has lowered his ERA from four point seven three to three point five six. I feel like we've been hearing Nick Thwaites' name for quite
0: a while. I feel like back when he was with the the uh, the the Tri City mm-hmm. Dust Devils, John Conniff was all over him.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, so strike two, Saturday's second game saw Jackson Wolf (laughs) spinning six innings of two-hit ball, and he also (laughs) picked two runners off, so the lefty with the uh, the deceptive move. Josh Mears had a solid doubleheader, going two for two with a double, a single, and a walk in the first game, and a triple in the nightcap. He's still striking out plenty with nine strikeouts in his last 31 at-bats, but there's plenty there to build on. The winning run came in the third inning when Jared Dale walked and stole second. And with two, Carlos Luis dumped a fly ball in left with Dale running on contact, scored from second.
1: That was with two outs. Thank you. I, cut and paste sometimes doesn't work for me. Moving on to strike three on Sunday, the King, the king eh, Sunday, the tin Caps faced an absolute flamethrower to start Sunday's range-shortened game. Now, I watched this game, and this kid, Daniel Placencia was throwing 100, 101, just throwing seeds uh he had a 93 mile an hour slider man he was just he was mowing these guys down and he ended up striking out the first six batters right this is that's the kind of guy
0: that these batters have never seen somebody that can throw like that before coming
1: into this game no, and watching it was more fun to watch that guy pitch than to watch any of our guys trying to trying to catch up to that that the high cheese.
0: So was he consistently like in around the zone or was he yeah. kind of all yeah. over he, the place? He was he was
1: throwing it was a little bit a little bit everywhere, but he was certainly not, you know, throwing it too far inside, but he was getting these guys to to swing because they just had to load up. And then you throw in a ninety three mile an hour slider. It was just it was really it was a sight to see. It was really a sight to see. But Jose Espinada Put them ahead when he um, had another strong outing. Fort Wayne didn't get their first run until Matt, you know, so Matt Acosta hit a triple in the fourth, uh, but, but because of a strong start by Jose Espada, thank you, Acosta put them ahead when he came across on a sack fly. Espada, 25, a little bit older for the for the division, or for the level, a turn in a strong, sorry, turned in his best outing since signing with the Padres organization last month, striking out nine over five one-run innings. The righty originally drafted at a high school in Puerto Rico by the Blue Jays, struck out fifty-five in four to forty-two in the third innings with the Milwaukee Milkman in the American Association this summer to get another started affiliated ball and now has twenty six in eighteen and a third frames for the tin caps. Is that your library voice? If I slow down and read, I can talk.
0: I feel like we haven't heard that voice in a while. You no, know, I just. There was I, that one episode where you're like, hello, this is Donovan with Friars on the Farm. And right. I was like, what alternative you're reality are we living job. in right now?
1: I'm trying to get people to turn off the podcast.
0: oh well if they stuck with us this far they're here the energy that we bring i feel like is part of what makes us endearing to people you know lovable
1: doesn't actually make it listenable (laughs) but moving on continue on the game was back and forth in the middle innings until fort wayne broke through with a five-run bottom of the sixth highlighted by rbi singles from third baseman lucas dunn and center fielder joshua Mears, as well as a two rbi double right fielder augustin ruiz In the eighth inning, the rain came down and didn't stop, and it was called uh, with the Cubs had a tying run on first base. So um, they they snuck out a win there, but it was just fun to watch that Daniel Plasencia, man, just absolutely bring it.
0: So they had the runner on first base. It's the eighth inning, and the umpires called it for rain. It makes me think of that classic Norman Rockwell painting where the manager is standing there at home plate um, arguing, and you got one guy pointing at the sky (laughs) <laughs> and there's like one is it the one drip of rain? Is that what it was? Is it uh-huh, something like something that? that it a was a real situation they were able to trace that back to an actual game where that that happened um, So San Antonio, little uh, little tatis update he's one for two so far or he's one for one with a walk and he scored both times he got on base at this point in the game uh the uh San Antonio is up four to two right now. Okay, so San Antonio, strike one. Uh, Wednesday, April 13th, 2019, was the last time right-hander Henry Henry threw at least four innings in an outing. Henry, who has almost solely been used in one to two inning relief stints, made just his third start since 2018 and made the most of it. Henry was topping out at 98 miles an hour, but more impressively was attacking hitters and maintaining command throughout his start. Henry has the talent to be a stalwart in the bullpen, but it has always been about finding enough command. In his last two outings prior to Wednesday, he walked 10. This time he walked one. Uh, So he went four to third innings in his outing on Wednesday. Uh, Catcher Juan Fernandez, who has been killing it lately.
1: uh, Juan
0: Fernandez, who recently started playing third base and second base to garner more playing time, legged out his first triple of the year as part of a perfect night. Fernandez is quickly rebounding after a tough July. After only getting five RBI in all of July, Fernandez already has four in two August games. Uh, Ripken Reyes collected a multi-hit game with a double after a tough month of May that saw him only hit 167. The USD grad finished July hitting 293 and he's already three for seven in August right there. That that right there is why you don't scat. You don't scout the stat line. You don't just look at what somebody's done for the whole season. That doesn't tell the whole story, right? Maybe there was a nagging injury he was working through. Maybe there's an adjustment that he made. So you look at what have they done lately? What have they done over the last month, six weeks, two months, that's what's going to earn these guys a promotion um because the people that are making these decisions they're not just looking at baseball reference pulling up oh well you know he's hitting 240 right. on the season they see oh for the last month
1: he's hitting 300 it's a yeah. whole different story yeah you know in before the game we're working on this we're working on this we're working on that we're having her do this and it takes time for any development anything that you're working on to kind of you know it takes time for it to to click and to start actually working um so develop you know scouting the Stat line isn't exactly uh, you know what we do here on fires in the farm. We go to uh, Lee. unless it's
0: Fernando Tatis Junior. in a in a rehab game because then I'm statting everything. I'm scouting oh. everything I can
1: find. Right, right. Oh, oh. Did he, did he is he okay there? Is he all right? Anyways, moving on to strike two. Friday, the missions lost at home to Wichita. The winning run scored in the ninth inning on a bunt single and a throwing error by third baseman Juan Fernandez. Woo. Oh, I know I we caught him up. So- no, we just you know, but then again, you, that's just one play in all of um all of the league. You know, it's well just and one... he's not a third baseman, he's a catcher. Right. It's it's just four games out of a hundred and sixty three.
0: It's maybe when he feels a ground ball, he should like drop to a squat and then jump up and throw down to first base. Maybe but he'd be more accurate that way.
1: You just didn't catch my uh my Jesse my Jesse Agler preference. Oh okay. yes, mad dog, it's only three games out of one hundred and sixty three.
0: Oh, I did yeah, I didn't listen to that. I can't yeah. I I can't do Mad Dog. I'm sorry. Yeah. I know Jesse likes the guy. I just I can't listen to that guy. I sometimes feel like I'm the Mad Dog of podcasting. I just blah, 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 blah. Anyways, um, going on. Um, <laughs> I I should reserve my comment because we're trying to stay No, your your spouse is from New York and she has quite a bit of energy and she can speak very quickly and she's very opinionated.
1: Okay, thank God she doesn't listen to this podcast. If she heard you say that, she would be all over you. Dude, I bet be she could off. do a
0: really good Chris Rizzo uh, <laughs> impersonation. That's all I'm saying.
1: Yeah, she yeah, she absolutely could. So final score, of that 1-0 San Antonio um, was final score 1-0. San Antonio's often struggled, but righty Brandon Kumar certainly deserved a better fate. Kumar pitched six shutout innings and allowed just three hits. He walked three and struck out five. The 23-year-old threw the ball well in Fort Wayne this year as a multi-inning reliever, but has been mostly a starter upon his promotion to San Antonio. Over his last 16 and two-thirds innings, Kumar has a 2.81 ARA. Now he has really struggled; like it's taken him a while to kind of find his feet there in Double A. And just because you do well in one level and you move up, you know, does not absolutely mean he's going to do well in the next. And sometimes they don't even get out of one level once they reach it. But certainly having them, you know, starting to kind of figure some things out just means you have to get used to a higher level of play. For sure. You almost have to kind of reinvent yourself and continue continue to sharpen what you already have, the tools that you have.
0: Well, and there's something something in the air in Fort Wayne this year. I it, yeah, they had the two no-hitters, but overall pitching's been pretty darn rough in Fort Wayne. Yeah. So, it's it's I I'm sure it's a tough league to pitch in. It's the it's the Texas League. It's a tough park to pitch in. Yeah. Uh but beyond that, something something is in the air that's just you know made it a rough year
1: for the pitchers in in Fort Wayne in uh, San Antonio this year. Absolutely. Kevin Copps took over for Kamar and pitched well again. He recorded four outs, three of them via the strikeout. Since the beginning of July, the 25-year-old has a 1.28 ERA in 14 innings. More importantly, he's done a much better uh, job of limiting the walks. In June, Cubs walked nine batters in nine and a third innings. But overall, last four, over the last 14 innings, he's walked just four. So as we've seen in a couple of places, they were working with Kevin
0: Copps to come up with a two-seamer to come up with a pitch that moves the opposite direction of his cutter, slider, whatever you want to call it, because he was throwing a four-seam fastball that was pretty straight, and he was having a hard time locating that slider for strikes. So this suggests to me that he he must be locating that slider a little bit better, but then also that if he's working the two-seamer into it, maybe it's playing off the... Off yeah. the, you know, you get something moving on the on the opposite plane. Um, yeah, whatever's going on, it's working. Uh, right. Fernando Tatis Jr. worked another walk. So now he's he's got two walks and a double on the game. Uh, so on strike three, Sunday, despite Fernando Tatis' presence in the lineup, San Antonio's offense was listless, failing to score until a ninth inning single by Kelvin Melian sent the game to extra innings. Kind of like the Padres, you yeah. bring Juan Soto in and then all the bats fall fall dead. Silence. So after Wichita played at the Manfred man in the 10th, uh, the missions couldn't convert on the opportunity. Tatis went over three with two ground outs and a soft fly ball to center. As he played five innings at shortstop in his second rehab game with the missions, the organization's plan when the missions head off head to Frisco after uh, Monday's off day is unclear. Well, now we know he, he went with the team. He's with them in Frisco. Uh, Webster Rivas drew a walk to extend his on-base streak that began Uh, in his first game for San Antonio to 25 games. And he's not somebody known for offense. He's not somebody who drew a lot of walks in the past. He's not somebody who got a lot of hits in the past. So good for him for for getting on track. Um, Nolan Watson struck out five over five shutout innings. The 25-year-old righty, signed as a minor league free agent last winter, has allowed just two earned runs over 15 innings in his last three starts, dropping his ERA on the year to 5.08.
1: Absolutely. So going back to uh you know, going back to Fernando and I had well the oh, the the Manfred after plating the Manfred man in the tenth, it sounded like it might have been David J that wrote this, which reminds me to tell everyone here that a lot of this content it comes from Mad Friars. Over 90% of it, of the affiliate rundown does come from Mad Friars. Uh we want to thank those guys so much that uh, allow us to use this and promote their site. Yet we have failed to receive any of the cool shirts that all the other true media, and I will say the word true media that Uh-oh. have gotten from uh you know from from Bennett Woods in the morning to uh to Darren uh Darren Smith over at 1360, even the uh John and uh the Afternoon Boys, John, yeah, the wrap up show guys, I can't remember what their names are. Well, we don't need any swag.
0: Yeah. We we're we're already riding their coattails hard enough. Yeah, we are
1: riding pretty hard. Uh
0: so the Manfred Man, I've heard that phrase used by other people. I believe I heard Jesse Agler use that term. Do you get the musical reference?
1: Well, The Music Man. Yeah, that's that's Lydia's sure. favorite. So yeah.
0: Now, in the 60s there was a band called Manfred Man. Oh my god, yes, Manfred Man. something band, right? Man, Manfred Man was the name of the of the yeah. group and they had they had a few hits that were pretty big hits here in the US. My my mom was a fan of theirs. They uh well, hold
1: on! Didn't they they sing "Blinded by the Light," right? Then they sing the uh the cover of. No, no, no! Oh my gosh, that's not that Foghat! God, God, we are talking about some Gen X stuff, dude. Oh, that's boomer- that's that's Manfred Mann's Earth Band. That's it. Thank you. There I we go. Seventies all day at work today. Like I had on the 70s station all day, and I'm not afraid to say that yacht rock station is a sweet spot for my musical taste uh when i just wanted to hear some rad old school music yeah Anyways, the we got, wife and i we've we wind up listening to that
0: quite a bit too
1: <laughs> yeah so moving on to el paso strike one wednesday in el paso 20 year old kevin picardo um who spent most of the year in lake elsinore after the potters acquired him for reliever james norwood came into the night with six career home runs across the parts of three seasons yet when el paso was down to their final strike it was picardo who hit the game tying home run to send the game into extras the 11th in the 11th, with the winning run on second, he laid down a perfect bunt. The pitcher tried to rush the throw and ended up throwing it away as a run scored for the El win. The young infielder has hit well with the Chihuahuas as a, sam- a small sample size. In nine AAA games, he's hitting 281, 361, 594. Luis Campesano homered in a sixth to bring the Chihuahuas within one, but more impressively, down to two in the 10th inning. The Georgia native lays the double to right, scoring two and retying the game. That was the first multi-hit, multi-extra base hit game for Campy since uh, June 28th. Left-handed pitcher Jose Castillo threw a perfect inning, needed only 11 pitches, that's eight strikes, uh, since his back-to-back rough outings in July. Castillo now has four consecutive store- scoreless outings, allowing only two hits and three and two-thirds innings.
0: You get, everybody keeps wondering when he's going to get a chance. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of hard to to see because you got guys coming off the injured list and in all of this. Yeah. Uh, I, I really hope we get to see him up. Okay. So strike two on Thursday, Aggie Rosario hit a two run home run at the bottom of the 12th inning Thursday to give the El Paso Chihuahuas a 10 to nine win over the Albuquerque isotopes. Oh. It was the Chihuahuas third straight win and their second straight extra inning walk-off win. Rosario also had his league-leading 30th double and four RBIs for the win. El Paso third baseman Connor Hollis went two for five with an RBI in his first AAA game. Uh, Chihuahua's leadoff hitter Jose Azokar went four for seven with a home run and two RBIs. Thomas Malone went two for six with an RBI triple in his first Chihuahuas game since May eighth. Everybody was hitting. Uh, Thursday was El Paso's eighth walk off win of the season. It was the third twelve inning game, which tied the Chihuahuas season high for longest game by innings. The Chihuahuas are now five and four in extra innings games this season, while Albuquerque's two and five. El Paso has won seven of nine games against Albuquerque this year.
1: The topes, the topes, down with the topes, down with the topes, down go the topes. Um I, I just spent about uh, 45 minutes trying to get my camera to connect to my phone uh for some reason. And uh the, the woman on uh from Canon, I think her name was Gwen, uh just we just it uh she was amazing and uh I was amazing for not giving up, but just she was in Albuquerque, and I'm like, Oh well, the reason why I take photos is I go up to Baby Beard, I get a podcast for Baby Beard, but we spent 45 minutes. She had to put down her headset to go find her boss to try to find my same camera and while she was gone I ended up renaming my uh nicknaming my phone which kind of made everything reset and I was able to fix it but it took 45 minutes of chatting with the lovely Gwen in uh in Albuquerque uh to get it done
0: So next time you go out to Albuquerque, you owe Gwen a cup of coffee.
1: Dude, yeah, she's going to get a cup of coffee. I really appreciate that. Thank you, (laughs) Canon USA. Uh, Strike three, and let's round it around all the way home. Saturday, started. Jay Groom pitched four and two-thirds innings and allowed two earned runs in his first game in the San Diego Padres organization. After being traded from the Boston Red Sox, reliever Aaron Nordcraft, Aaron Lesher, Michelle Baez, and Jesse Schultz didn't allow any runs in the rest of the game. Aguizarro went two for five with his league leading 30th double of the season. So Jay Groove, welcome to the
0: Padres organization. Absolutely. And welcome to the PCL. I think he's been, he's I mean, being a Red Sox guy, he's been pitching on the uh, on the East Coast this whole time. So it's a little different environment over here.
1: Yes. That's all we got. There's a lot when we can sit here and talk about the Padres all day, and we can sit here and talk about what should happen. Um, I want to say that I would just I get too close. I care too much. I really have to see the forest through the trees. Sure. We hated watching that, you know, the, the sweep of the Dodgers, the expectation after the trade deadline was that we were just going to be able to at least win one of those games or at least make a couple of those games somewhat competitive. um, And it didn't happen. It happens. It's baseball. The Dodgers are a juggernaut and I can say this all day, um, but it just doesn't happen. And then yesterday's game, would Alex Wood had her had her names last game he pitched against us and I, I just think it's going to take a few days for these guys to get together kind of gel kind of let everyone relax and and kind of come back I feel a Juan Soto home run so by the time we we uh we publish this he's already going to have hit in a home run I think it happens tonight I hope so
0: yeah I mean this first pitch should have just happened oh no it's in about a half an hour here yeah in about uh, a half an hour I look at the roster the the pitching is is way too deep the lineup is way too strong you know you look at last year's collapse and there were some serious holes in the roster that did not get addressed at the trade deadline this year they went out and got everybody anybody could have wished for and more and then on top of that, you've got a manager and a coaching staff that have experience that should have the buy in of the of the, the players. Where last year you had a relatively inexperienced manager, and it sounds like there was a little bit of a of a mutiny in the clubhouse, and that's not going to happen this year. So you got a, just a a cold streak. You got a bunch of guys slumping. These guys are too good. So the way I see it, they just they need to get into the playoffs. Preferably get that number one wild card spot and hit hit the playoffs with some momentum because yeah. the hot team is the one that, that runs through everybody. We saw yeah. it last year with Atlanta. We saw it a couple of years ago with with Washington. Yeah, they weren't leading their
1: divisions, but right. they were hot when the time was right. Right, absolutely. And that wild card um, teams win the wild card teams have won the World Series. Absolutely,
0: so and the teams asking- that have won the divisions way too often have fallen short.
1: Yes, we say that and then we'll see how it goes <laughs> God dang it the Pessimism just crept right back in there You can find me on Twitter at SDDonovan
0: I'm at Zippy underscore TMS Let's go, go Padres, Padres. <laughs>